3: we thought they were. we let him out, out of hand, just just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. F left, 372 Y stick C spot.
1: The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt.
4: Well, I'm
3: gonna go to college. I'll just play football. Yeah, baby. Football. Some people. Are really excited to talk a little football today. And others, not quite so much. (laughs) Don't even, hey look, let me just go ahead and tell you. Don't even ask an Alabama fan about football. Don't even ask them today. You know, your team lost, you think you're upset about it? You think you are down in the dumps? You think you are considering scraping that Keep bumper sticker off your car that you bought so everybody would associate you with your team. (laughs) What do you think those Alabama fans are going through today, huh?
1: Driving around in their crimson pickup truck.
3: I told you I was in uh, South Alabama once, Roger, and there was this um, Bronco, Chevy Bronco in front of us and on the back glass and great big huge letters, two four-letter words, and it said, Tide Life, giant stick-on letters, but the thing is, they spelled them both with a Y. <laughs> <laughs> Tied life with a Y. All right, welcome in on a Monday. Uh, you heard um, the voice, the other voice, the other man in the room, my imaginary friend, except he's not imaginary, Roger. How was your weekend, sir? It was uh, good, except you know I couldn't figure out why.
1: I'm, I feel like I'm in a coma. Yeah, And I realized I've been eating turkey all week. <laughs> You're in a... Somebody, they gave us a turkey at work, and my family doesn't eat turkey. Okay. So, I, so I've had a whole turkey since Thursday. You're in a tryptophan coma.
3: I, I, I came out of it. I finally ran out. Thank well, God. Well, Roger, the crud that you fought for two weeks, coughing and head hurting and throat sore and needing cough drops and spitting and spitting, I've got it. <laughs> I've got it full on. I thought... I've been telling everybody around here, you gave it to me. Uh-uh. mm <laughs> No, that's not true. It's the other way around. Roger gave it to me. And all it was, we were in the same building. It ain't like we were hugging or anything. Oh, no. (laughs) None of that. But anyway, um, (laughs) so I'm fighting it. I apologize uh, in advance to everybody and anyone listening today. If uh, you're like, man, Matt cuts out every now and then. I may just be turning myself down over here like this so that I can cough. And that's what it's for. Uh, I have a little... Coffee left over from High Point Roasters in New Albany. That's helping me get through it. Did I say Chevy Bronco? What? What? Who makes a Bronco? Ford. Ford Bronco. Sorry, I'm not a car person, okay? I'm just not. I'll learn. What would Chevy have that would be equivalent? Uh, trailblazer?
1: Yeah, there you
3: go. <laughs> that, I mean, something like that? I don't know. At least you knew that answer. Yeah, I. you know. Look, I can get in the ballpark on the car stuff, and that is it. That is literally it. And then you got some things, you know, like you got... Two
1: different kinds of Tahoes, right?
3: Man, and like, you know, I was a kid, grew up. People would give me those little toy cars and like a, a, car, a track to play with the car on it. And I never played with those things. Like, you
1: didn't like Hot Wheels?
3: No, I oh, just I wasn't into wheels. it. The cars, I was all about ball. I was never into cars. You can be into both. I was just ball, you know. Yeah. But anyway, you know,
1: at some point, you, yeah, most guys do make a choice. You're right. That's right.
3: That's right. And now at this point, as a grown-up, Roger, you know what? I wish I'd chosen cars. <laughs> I wish I knew how to work on cars. My wife's got more trouble with hers, and I wish I knew what I was doing. I'd fix it myself, but instead i got to take it to the doctor, the car doctor, where, like everything else, diagnosis is the most important part of getting your car fixed. If you get that wrong, it doesn't matter how much you spend or how long it stays there, you're not fixing the problem unless you properly identify it to begin with, which leads me to my next point. Ole Miss has fired its head football coach. They believe they have identified... Part of their problem, right? Or or else why would they do it? Mississippi State has um, retained Joe Moorhead and going to extend him. He'll continue to be the coach at Mississippi State. So State has made a decision that he is not a part of the problem. When you say problem, well, they've been to two straight bowl games now after winning the Egg Bowl back on Thursday night. Winning fixes everything. And winning cures everything. Hey, and so speaking of Coach Moorhead here in well, right about now, we're gonna call him on the Davini Equipment phone line. Roger, I was looking at the call screen during Chris's show, and I'm mm-hmm. not certain it was working properly or not. I could. They were. I like, got your number. You yeah. got it. Okay. They were taking calls, but I didn't see them showing up, and so I wondered if something was up. So, um, if you get him on, and it and and it looks like I I'm not aware. Just give me a word. Oh, I see it right there. Okay. So I'll I'll know when you get him on. We're going to start off today with coach Moorhead, talk to him a little bit about the win and I'm going to go a little X's and O's with him. That's my thing. I I got no interest in talking to him about what his meeting, what the team was like or what it's like on the recruiting trail. We kind of get all that all the time, but I'm curious about some of the specifics in the game and we'll talk about those with him uh, coming up as well. So to uh, reiterate, thanks for joining me here on a reaction Monday in the Farm Bureau Studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents that you can deal with one on one, face to face. Deal with somebody face to face, one on one. Talk to them. You have that, you know, um, fender bender at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. You don't have to wait until Monday because you've got your cell phone number of your agent who lives, you know, two doors down or three streets over or downtown or you go to church with him, see him on Sunday. That's the way it is with Farm Bureau, and that's the way it ought to be. It's the way it is with Farm Bureau. So on a Reaction Monday, you will have the opportunity to react, and uh, in several different ways, you can text the show, 885-ESPN. To everybody who's texting, i got a bunch of them already. Um, the Mailman and Barney and everybody, I'll get to your text. I promise you. And then we'll get you on the phone here later, get a chance to take your phone calls. We're going to start it off right now, though. With our guest on the Davinny Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. And they're right here at home. Check them out at Join us on the phone, head coach, Mississippi State, Joe Moorhead. Taking a little time out of his travels. Hey, coach, appreciate some time on a Monday. Happy Monday to you. What's going on, Matt? Good afternoon. Yep. And you know, uh, I guess I'm cutting into. You guys are recruiting right now, right?
5: Yeah, we hit it last night. Uh, had a great home visit, uh, school visit last night. We're in between stop two and three right now on the road. Actually, just pulling over here and uh, excited to keep this top twenty class together and get them all signed up on the eighteenth.
3: Coach, um, ultimately, what does that mean? I was talking to somebody last night, and they said, "Hey." State's got a chance to have a top 25 class, and if they do, it'll be three in a row. And I was told that would be the first time, maybe ever, to have three consecutive top 25 classes. So for you as a coach, what do those rankings and everything mean? Like, how do they pay off?
5: Well, I, I think ultimately you got to make your own evaluations and make your own decisions and you recruit kids who have the athletic ability to help you win an SEC championship at the a National Championship, but at the same time, you know, get guys who who fit your culture. You know, who are disciplined, accountable, have a great work ethic, great attention to detail, and great selflessness. So, I think part of the rankings, you know, are applicable. But at the end of the day, I think building a program and working towards immediate success and long term success. You know, you got to have great players, and I, and I think we've done that for three years in a row now.
3: Coach, uh, what has um, what's life been like for you, just personally, after winning that game on Thursday night?
5: No, it's been great, and and obviously a uh, you know, great win for our program. You know, uh, any time you can go 2 and own the Egg Bowl and keep that thing in Starkville and obviously get the bowl eligibility and extend the season, particularly from a developmental standpoint from uh, our younger guys. And then, you know, talk to the team and the team meet uh, the other day that these bowl games are going to be the way to put an exclamation point on, on the 2019 season, and we're viewing it as the first game of the 2020 season. A ton of positive energy. We believe the future is bright. You know, 14 wins in two years. Uh, you know, Fixed to be 15, two top 25 wins, two bowl games, 2-0 in the Egg Bowl. Like you said, three top 25 classes. So our, our kids are pumped. Our kids are excited. and you know, Life has been good since the Egg Bowl.
3: Well, and Thursday night, Coach, it just, it, to me, and maybe I'm an idiot, but to the naked eye, it seemed like there was just a noticeable energy level that you know on defense on offense especially on defense that maybe i hadn't seen in every game from your team am i right you know i think
5: not yeah i think to a certain extent and i think there there may be one or two games where you look back the season and say hey you know we 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 we, we want to be known for our, our work ethic we want to be known for our passion and our urgency and how hard we play and there may have been a couple quarters this year where we say hey we needed to be a little bit better but i think you know in year two the egg bowl brings out that little bit extra in all of our guys. And I think in all three phases, offensively, defensively, special teams, our kids were flying around because they know, and now I know, and uh, how special that, that that game is and what it means to our fans, what it means to our state, and you know what it means to our
3: school. It looked like the defensive plan was pretty obviously, hey, let's make somebody other than that all-world freshman quarterback, Plumlee, beat us. Am I in the ballpark there?
5: Yeah, you yeah, know, with with John Rice and certainly yeah. Ely and Boots and uh, you know Snoop Connor, the running game had been producing a lot of yards, and uh, you know on a short week with them coming off a long week, the challenge was to stop the run game and kind of take the ball off of John Rice's feet and, and get it in the air. And I think Coach Shoop and the staff did a great game, put a great game plan together, the kids executed it, and once again the third game with with Lee Willie and uh, and uh, Marcus all on the field, you know th- th- that that certainly helps.
3: No doubt. Joe Moorhead on your radio right now on the Divini Equipment phone line in the Farm Bureau studio. Coach, um, c- can we go just for fun, a little X's and O's, and you teach me a little thing or two about football, some of the plays from the games. Uh, can I, you mind me asking you about that? No. no. Okay, so the Farad Green, it, you know, the little flip, short pass, he hits the sideline on that first scoring drive, lined up right. kind of in that hip position, and I, it seems like I've seen that several times this year, and it always goes for big plays. What is the guts of that play, and how he got so wide open?
5: So we we ran that against Kentucky, and a couple times you know throughout the season out of what we call our snug formation, which is a two by two you know condensed bunch, mm-hmm. and we we run a lot of split zone bluff where the quarterbacks read the end. If the end holds, you hand it off to two. If the end bends, then you're reading the next defender outside, whether the quarterback keeps it or throws it to, to the tight end. Now, the compliment off of that is just to run a pure play action. So we got in that formation. The field number one receiver ran a corner out to try to drain the corner and get him out of there and blow the top off the coverage. Then we put, uh, you know, um, Kendrick on a little wheel route and then, then throw it into the flat. So kind of a field flood concept And Garrett made a great take. got it out on the edge. You know, a bunch of people committing themselves to stop the run and you know, throwing out in space, and he was able to make a nice gainer out of it.
3: No doubt. And then on that same drive to cap it, that Nick Gibson touchdown. And I was watching that play and you know, there are several things that jumped out about the play. One is the right guard took their defensive tackle and just slammed him down all the way across the play. And the other was how Darrell Williams, the center, steps up on that combo to the linebacker. And once he got to the linebacker, he turned him sideways and ran him into the corner so he effectively blocked two players. And, and I just thought, you really couldn't block it any better, could you?
5: They did a great job up front. and That was a, a split-zone bluff RPO where, you know, you're reading the end man away from the point of attack for the give or the pull. And, uh, you know, with the, that odd front that a lot of people in the league play with the, the four eyes, you know, we're running inside zone to the boundary to get good good numbers and angles. And as you mentioned, LaQuinson did a great job at the point of attack with the four eye. You know, Darrow and DP with the combo on the nose off to the backside backer and uh, sometimes that split zone action with the tight end coming across creates a little bit of indecision with the linebackers, and Nick Nick found a crease, and and he really hit it.
3: We're talking football with Joe Moorhead, head coach, Mississippi State. The Kylan Hill block out in front of Garrett Schrader's first down run on third and 12. Kylan's out on a pass route, and then he realizes my quarterback's running, and he turns and didn't just look up a guy, but he knocked him on his rear end. When you watch that, on film you kind of go back to how you coach him you have to do a little fist pump
5: well you have to be excited for con and i think since the Tennessee game we kind of had to you know sit down and talk about hey we can't just be a ball carrying specialist you got to be great during practice you got to be great with pass protection we got to be great when the ball is not in your hands and i think since that point con's played his best football this season Mm -hmm. third and 12 we had an over under uh triangle concept you know, with a short crosser from the X, a 12 uh, yard dig route, and then the back was a check down to complete the triangle. They were in a corner a steel coverage, kind of covered up all the routes. You know, Garrett hitched up and, and ran, and, you know, Conn saw he wasn't getting the ball and turned and got a block. And I've been as proud as, of Colin of his mental development and his consistency and his blocking as I am as ball well, carrying, and, you know, he's leading the SEC in Russian, so that says a lot.
3: And um, we'll get into this later in the show if you're listening, but um, Kylan Hill, maybe a favorite for that uh, Connerly trophy that's going to be given out tomorrow. we sure uh, hoping so. Yeah, leading the SEC, a heck of a deal. Last last one I want to ask you about, Coach, is the first of all the decision on fourth and three to go for it down there, and, and it ultimately leads to the score. Before we get into the actual play call, fourth down that situation for you making that decision to go for it is it strictly where the ball is on the field or is there more that goes into it than that
5: no I think I think it was a little bit of both a little bit of momentum you know a little bit of confidence in, in the offense and, and I think the way we were playing defense I I liked how we were we were holding down and limited explosive plays to stop and stopping the run and I think anytime you have a true freshman quarterback in the game and how we were running the ball and you kind of want to you know, not put too much on his plate, but but ultimately Garrett's guy's been playing mature beyond his years. Uh, you know, we had game plans I played during the week, and got to that situation, and we're confident in the coverage we were going to see in the route, and uh, it, it was as much as hey, let, let, let's do something to go win this game instead of playing conservatively and you know, calling up for the field.
3: Okay, and so you, you're in that snug formation again, and to yep. the to the wide side, so to Garrett's right. It put Dedrick Thomas as kind of the inside receiver in that snug formation, and then uh, the um, uh, the big guy um, number five standing outside him on the line. So you you bring the outside receiver crossing. Dedrick goes up the field and crosses, and then with the way they kind of lined up in their formation defensively, coach, was it a deal where they just really didn't have anybody there deep to cover him, like he's he's just running away from the backside corner who couldn't run with him.
5: Yeah. You go back and look at that in terms of the leverage. It's a pure progression read. So you're sending all the crossing routes to the boundary. So the boundary run receiver ran a 12 yard corner out and then number two fraud ran a flat. So it's a high low stretch right there. So you're looking to throw the flat, must just take it away. Then you're up to the corner route. And if both of those aren't there, then you're across the board. Osiris ran the low crosser, the backside inside backer jumped in. And what that did was open up a nice window, uh, for Dedrick and he had, you know, leverage on the guy and you know, drifted a little bit on the route and I think Garrett threw him upfield a little bit, but you know, in terms of, of, of an open space to run into and a good spot to throw the ball, I thought the protection was good. I thought Garrett drifted a little bit, because have stood a little firmer in the pocket, but you know, Dedrick came up with four catches for forty nine yards in that game and probably none bigger than that play.
3: Yeah, no no doubt. So to go back so I'm clear, you're saying that to his left into the boundary, you had basically like that old smash concept, high low Yes, sir. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, uh, you know, we hear a lot of times, Coach, uh, you as a coach, analyst, others talking about going through progression. So, technically, as a true freshman quarterback on fourth and three in the second half of his first Egg Bowl, he's initially reading a high-low with two receivers to his left and worked his way all the way back around to that crosser on the backside, and now he found him? That was his
5: fourth reading of progression. Yes, wow. Sir. You know he's getting there. This kid, he's he's going to be special, Matt. I promise you. And I know in and out a little bit this year was dealing with some injuries, but you know to have a, a true freshman come in there and play the way he played, we've seen spurts with throughout the year. Uh, Garrett Sherry is going to be a special football player for us.
3: Uh, you know, there's no doubt, and and I see so many plays from him where he is just so calm. You know, and coach like when I played a million years ago, at times I might have looked calm, but I was never calm. <laughs> you know, and this guy is just. Cool as a cucumber, man. I know you guys keep saying yeah, he, it, but we can see it.
5: He got it, you know. And yeah. that's hard to define. But he doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. After the second touchdown, he ran in there. It was good to see him get fired up and fist pump and high step a little bit and show a little bit. And I think some of that leadership and emotion. I think that'll start developing as he feels more confidence and he's, you know, kind of done it on the field. But uh, yeah, he the great ones have a thing you can't define. And and, and I think he has are
3: really good stuff, Coach. Listen, congrats on that win. Uh, I'll turn you loose. I know y'all are busy. I can't say thanks enough to you for a little time on the radio here on a Monday, man. Thank you.
5: Well, hey, last thing before for I let you go, uh, you know, so fired up about getting to six and getting to extend the season and, uh, you know, really fired up about the bowl game and, you know, couldn't have done it without all, all, all the all the state fans. And, and they're, the, they're the straw that, that stirs the drink. So, you know, we're going to need them in this bowl game. We appreciate everything they've done. And, you know, wherever we go, we look forward to seeing a good white in the stadium.
3: Coach, thank you. Hail State. Hail State. That's Joe Moorhead, head football coach, Mississippi State. Appreciate y'all listening to that. I I wanted to get to some of those plays. That stuff really excites me. And as you can hear, um, you know, I I do a little of the film study stuff, and I post the videos, and we take a look at those things. Um, And and I have a pretty decent and, and, and depth of knowledge. I can look at a play, and I really don't have to look at the replay. I can tell you what happened. Um, that's one one of the reasons I'm on the radio as an analyst for State. And frankly, we're all, our crew, we're pretty good at it. So is he. But, but that's it, Roger. That's what I, I – I love it when we all, including our fans, get an opportunity to kind of hear the things that are a part of the thinking process, the design process, and everything they are processing within the course of a play. Because they – a coach who's been doing it for 10 12, 15, 20 years at all different levels, and I'm talking high school also, the things they are looking at and they are considering and thinking about and working around in the plays, it's it's so much deeper than any of us can understand unless you sit there and listen to those guys and you hear coach there. It looks like a simple, you know, find the open guy on fourth and three. That's a true freshman on fourth and three in crunch time getting to the fourth read away from where he's initially supposed to be reading and finds him for a big first down play. Good stuff. Just getting started on Reaction Monday. Monday. Stick around.
4: Look what you're talking me. Look
0: what you're
2: talking me. I feel
0: like I'm a me. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show.
3: Back on the show. Man, where in the world are we supposed to start? We talked to Coach Moorhead. Now we got to talk about Matt Luke getting fired. Of course, we have yet to be on the radio with you since Thursday. It's the first one, so we could jump into the whole... Should I say it, Roger? The piss and the miss? You know, the hike in the leg? <laughs> that everything they've called it? Wait, I mean, it's got all these different that, names. That
1: explains John Bond's nickname for that school up there.
3: Yeah, right. That's what he calls them. You know i don't know where to start so i'm just going to kind of let uh some of our listeners kind of take us there including on the text line i got the mailman and dave and barney and everybody here coming up madison you were fired up on the broadcast yeah I, we had a good time we had a good well, you time. weren't mad you weren't mad no but
1: not ever, okay
3: i ain't backing down you were one emphatic bit. i know that <laughs> hey not and i not backing down still mean it we can get into that uh, Madison Mailman called me out for also for saying Chevy Bronco. Look, again, not a car person. Doing the best I can on that. If it okay? had been a Chevy, there wouldn't have been so many of them broke down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rogers of Ford, man. Listen at him. i tell you what. The car thing cracks me up. No, no, no You got that wrong. Found on road dead. <laughs> Um, the phone's ringing. We're gonna. I, so while the phone's ringing here, and then I'm coming to Chris, and then we'll come to some others. But let me get to these texts here. Let's see. Bulldog Barney says, "Couldn't resist it. <clears throat> New version of Hee Haw coming out soon. Instead of picking and grinning with Buck and Roy, it's going to be. What, what does it say? Somebody says I'm a pissing and I'm a missing. I don't even know we can say all this on the radio." So I'm gonna ease off. Uh, actually, on saying a word you might want to. Yeah, I'm that's wa- the second word on the seven dirty words. Well, I'm I'm leaving that off. I'm not saying it anymore. First one starts with S. Okay, well there if, you go.
1: And the one after this one starts with a F. Oh no! So you're close to being really bad. Oh
3: man! On the list. Well, you're the top I, three, baby. That's it's one of the dirty words that I've always wondered. You know, but it seems like it lost. So so I'm. I I don't, think, no, I don't think
1: they're going to get on us. I mean,
3: well, I, to anyone listening, I apologize. We're not going to say that word again on this show. Anyway, I won't. I can't control what everybody you, else says. You can say P. Yeah, I don't do it. <laughs> what well, they tell number me, one they, on the internet, they said you're in trouble.
1: <laughs> it, that's a cow doing number one on a flat
3: rock, yeah, It just doesn't right. have the same you know no, ring to it. It really doesn't. Jackson Mailman says, I don't ever recall a weekend when Alabama and the Patriots both were beaten. Great weekend, he says. And on top of that, the Egg Bowl and a Saints victory and a 49ers loss as well. Loved all of it. The Jackson Mailman had some <laughs> kind of weekend. All right, here we go. Chris joining us on the Davinny Equipment phone line. Davini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. What is up, Chris?
2: Hey, Matt. Before I start in on the Egg Bowl and all the repercussions that come off of it. I was going to ask you, I know that you lost um, Brett Hudson, and I was just wondering if we're going to lose, praise the Lord, and Go dogs and Dog Pile.
3: Uh, no. Here's what we're doing with that, with the podcasts. If you're listening, you're wondering what that is. Um, Last year, when Brett was with us, we had a two-person team, obviously pumping out content, and so um, we took one approach with those podcasts. We had a women's basketball only podcast. We had a baseball only podcast. Chris, um, I tell you we're considering a couple of things, but one thing we're looking at doing possibly right now since we're finishing it up football and in the middle of basketball season is just basically having one standalone all Mississippi State sports podcast. Uh, we we may tra- okay. we may transition the dog pile like it may not go away, and we may just transition that into a podcast for everything Mississippi State, because the podcast right. for this radio show on all the pla- podcast platforms is doing really well also, and so we may just do that and kind of simplify it. What do you think?
2: That that sounds great, man. I just didn't want to lose it. I knew that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know it's a lot on one person to do, so that's why I was asking. Uh, and also too. You know what I mean? I hate it for Matt Luke because I think that he paid for the sins of a of an 18 year old, 19 year old kid, and something that he done really stupid. Yeah. Because I think that's the only reason why they fired him. I mean, I just, I you can't see how good they played this year and and fire him on those merits.
3: Well, Chris, I would tell you, I mean, on the surface that makes sense, and and I'm not arguing with you because I've heard this secondhand. Um. So take it for what it's worth. Anytime somebody's passing along secondhand information. But going back months ago, uh, somebody told me secondhand that they had some information that Ole Miss was going to hire a new chancellor in October, a new AD in November, and a new football coach in December. And so far, that again, that's what somebody told me about three months ago. And so far, boy, it's been just – you know, right there, just like they said. And well, I came Go ahead.
2: I came on today to eat my crow. I called for Joe Moorhead's head. I've been calling for it for a while. But, you know, I think that the way that his kids played on the Egg Bowl, I really think that, you know, he, he earned some respect, and you've seen that his kids didn't quit on him, so he earned his third year. I mean, I really believe that. Now, he needs to go forward. He needs to he needs to try to adapt more. I'd love to see him get Joe Brady, but I think that price tag is going to be way out of the roof. And the, the other thing is, is that, Hey, I'm, I'm with Brian Haydad. You know, on this whole thing, you've seen an apology come out saying that, um, you know, the peeing in the end zone, whatever you want to call it, um, was shameful to old miss, miss, that and the other. But hey, I think that the old miss people need to get in an uproar and say, hey, listen, we owe Mississippi State an apology. It probably won't ever happen. But I mean it's just extremely disrespectful what you did and you owe your school you know what I mean you know you owe us an apology for that. And hey, like I told um like I told Chris on the other one, Elijah Moore, if you want to make good on – apologize to Mississippi State, just transfer right on down here and help us win two or three more <laughs> Egg
4: Bowls.
2: And we'll love on you and
4: give you
1: as
2: much as you want to.
1: Let him water the field?
2: <laughs> That's right. He can, hey, he can be on the field all he wants is a Bulldog. We don't care as long as he's catching passes. I mean, that would be amazing hey, if he did that.
3: But he can play, can he? Probably
2: won't never happen. He hey, can. He can. And he that, can that would go. be great. Yeah. But, man, you. all have a good day. and.
3: Yep, you too, Chris. Y'all have
2: a good day and see ya!
3: See ya! boy Chris. Good call. Yeah, <clears throat> the fact is, he's a really good player. Sophomore receiver Elijah Moore. And really did cost his team, no doubt about it. But, you know, and I talked about this um, on the Friday Facebook Periscope Live that we did uh, Friday morning right after the game. My daughter was on it. So y'all check that out if you haven't seen it already. That's a sophomore who, I, I bet, Coming up in high school and even when he got to Ole Miss, I bet he really looked up to D.K. Metcalf. I bet he really admires him. I bet he did, I bet he has, and I bet he does look up to and admire D.K. Metcalf, who's now a pro and catching touchdowns from Russell Wilson in Seattle and making a lot of money. I'm sure he really admires D.K. Metcalf. And programs, every program is about older players Set the tone and the example for the younger players, and then it gets passed on and passed on. As a kid at Ole Miss who's a sophomore, a great player, who was merely following an example that was set before him, that was allowed to happen. It was allowed to fly a few years ago because, a couple years ago, because they were winning the game. Therefore, it was cute and funny, not much punishment. Well, none for that matter. It's cute. Became a meme. A taunt. But a younger player now follows that example and costs his team greatly. And now it's a national embarrassment. And I'm not picking. That's just the truth. So I don't think Elijah Moore is totally at fault. I think he's got a lot of people who are in on that with him. All right, I'm getting to your phone calls, Lynn and Mountain Dog, and everybody, your texts coming up next. Stick around.
0: You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
3: Yo, back on the show rolling along in hour number one of the show and about to finish that up if you're just tuning in a bit ago we had Joe Moorhead on head coach Mississippi State um, there is news breaking faster than you can talk about it in fact um. I'm clicking on it right now, trying my best to read this and make sure that it is not fake in in some way. Um, this is weird, but there is a tweet from an account that is made to look like it is David Johnson. The account says at Rebels 247. I cover Ole Miss for 24 sports. It has a link there. But I think it's fake. I think this is a fake account. I think somebody has made a fake account saying that um, that Mike Leach was hired at, at Ole Miss. And it also doesn't look like a graphic that a school or somebody would put out there. So I, I think it might be a fake one. <laughs> I mean, if it's real, it's just way too fast. And this happens every year, it seems like, with coaching searches, too, is you'll have fake accounts pop up and fool everybody. So before I start uh, purporting something as real, we're going to check it out. But just to let you know, you may see that. I, what My advice would be be cautious. Um, that would be my advice to you. Uh, we have some people hanging on the phone here, and I'm going to get to that. Uh, just get, if Lynn and Mountain Dog, if you guys would give me just – uh, two or three minutes, I want to mention something else, okay? Because really, we jumped right into the Joe Moorhead interview and, and didn't talk about this much earlier. This that happened yesterday, um, this thing that happened yesterday is the firing of Matt Luke. It happens last night. Here, Here's two things, two points that I want to make that I think it'll be hard to change my mind on this on either of these and then you guys can weigh in as you see fit number one I think they maybe didn't have much of a choice I think maybe they had to do something now yes earlier this fall I went to bat for Matt Luke on this show somebody called in and argued with me about it but what I was saying at the time is you know what else do you want him to do I mean he's kind of guiding you through a really tough time when you're you're down scholarships, you're on probation, you had what felt like recruiting probation for about two years because of the investigation, players transferred, all that kind of stuff, you know, what do you want him to do? I felt like he was doing a pretty good job. And he hired a good staff and was letting them coach. But things changed, and I do think things really changed in that Egg Bowl. When the loss sent him to four wins, okay, so you hadn't had a winning season yet in three years. But more importantly, it was a loss that involved you had a chance to stay in the game and maybe go win the game in overtime or something like that. But this, this embarrassing incident with a player hiking his leg as if he's peeing like a dog on the field, getting a 15-yarder, backing your field goal team up, and then you miss the extra point. It's, it's an embarrassment. It, it, you became a laughing stock. So that, on top of the losing and everything else, I believe that put Ole Miss in a position where they had to do something. If they didn't do something to try to inject, just to manufacture some excitement in their fan base and in their program going into next year, they were looking at historic lows, all-time lows of excitement and ticket sales. They they were just in a position where they had to do something. And that's the way it is. All right, so y'all consume that. Uh, Miko and Sean, thanks for letting me know. People are saying that David Johnson is saying that his account was hacked and he did not send that out, and that makes a lot more sense. Okay, so up first on the Divinity Equipment phone, Lynn in Pontotoc. What's up, Lynn? Hey, Matt.
0: It's a great day to be a dog, don't you think?
3: I think it's a good day to be a dog. I sure do.
0: Hey, man! Uh, I just want to. I seen where you're showing the tape of Kyle, and we talked about it earlier. Uh, that that right there. Now you've been there. I know. That's a hit that when you see it on tape in the locker room, it gets loud, don't it?
3: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. His teammates love that right there, for sure. He's talking about the well, the block that Kylan Hill had in front of the Garrett yeah. Schrader third and twelve run. Yeah. yeah.
0: Where he just laid the wood on that boy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that right there, is that something that coaches, and I, I mean, we talked, I heard him talk a little bit while ago. That's something right there that the coach can point to, and several other points throughout that game was very physical. That they can say, this is how we got to play week in, week right. out. We've got to be physical like this. Mm-hmm. This is what we need to look like on a week-to-week basis, not just a sporadic, occasional basis. Mm-hmm. That's something that we can grow off of, right? No I mean doubt. hopefully
3: no doubt all about it. Right. Well, that's it, what I think. Yeah, that's what I think. And I, I...
0: think we're going to get this thing going right.
3: Well, and you can. I mean, it's just like any program. You know, you you sometimes things ebb and flow, and it's all about you know at some point making the right moves. And look, Len, they may have to make some changes. It may be on their staff. Uh, it may be how oh, they yeah, I mean... it may be how they handle strength and conditioning. You know, but uh, I think you're really? right. I think that game was should be a great example to everybody there that. You know, if there is a desperation approach in every game, the way they had a desperation approach against, say, Auburn last year, um, Kentucky this year, Ole Miss this year, you know, then it's going to work out better. And they'll figure that stuff out, I believe. Lynn. I appreciate your You're call, right. man. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Yep. I always appreciate you listening. Mountain Dog on the Davini Equipment phone line. What's up, Mountain Dog? Hotty potty, Matt. Hey, man. Hey, did you just say Hottie toddy? Uh, no, I said Hottie potty. Oh, hottie potty. Okay, I, I see now. Oh, that's good. That's I, have, I just called. That's that. not bad at all. Is that uh-huh. a boy mountain dog?
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. Well, it's not funny. It's kind of sad to tell you the truth. But a friend of mine, Sunday morning in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Sent me a link to an article in the Inquirer uh, website about the state Ole Miss debacle, which, you know, it just, it just, it's crazy. It gets all over the country. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, oh, yeah. most people don't know the difference between Ole Miss and state. <laughs> That's and true. And so it hurts the whole state of Mississippi. But, uh, you know, that kid, I know he had that uh, planned out you know Odell Beckham started that which is a I don't know what your opinion of Odell Beckham is but mine's not very high. Yeah. And uh you know it just it's just sad that football has gotten that way.
3: Yeah. Well, I do believe this and the head coach of the University of North Alabama tweeted this as he watched the game on television the other night. This is a head coach in football. He tweeted Basically something along the lines of, there's an example of somebody putting me before the team, costing his team a chance to win the game. And he said, even in the tweet, he said, I hope prancing around on the sideline with a plastic belt from Dollar General was worth what you just did. And said in the tweet, please, all young players coming up, take note of this. C.J. Johnson, former Ole Miss player who's now in coaching, I believe tweeted, that's an example of what can happen when players let their own um, uh, persona get ahead of what's best for the team. And he said coaches around the entire country are going to use this video to show their players why they are coaching them to not do selfish stuff. And... So it it does. It spreads like wildfire. Mountain dog. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate you. Thanks, bud. Bye bye. All right. So Chris Brooks on the gridiron doesn't want me saying unnamed texter anymore because he says he started saying that and now I stole it from him. <laughs> <laughs> so from now on, Roger, on this show, they will be called ghost texters. Anonymous now, texter. He can say ghost anonymous. Te- Ghost is good. But I'm just going to say I got a ghost text. And this one says, has State rewarded Moorhead for mediocrity? Well, you know, some could argue that in back-to-back trips of the postseason and back-to-back wins against your rival is slightly better than mediocrity. Some might argue that, depending on, you know, if you're comparing it to past Mississippi State teams or if you're comparing it to Alabama. You know, it just kind of depends on your perspective on that. But you know I think with the win um and just with the way that they played on on defense it showed that maybe they can figure it out another ghost text Matt do you think Morehead will hold restaurant um restaurant resentment against state's fan base for how they treated him this season would he be more sure inclined polite enough in person. Oh, sure, yeah. Would he be more inclined to leave the moment he experiences success at MSU or rather the moment other schools take notice of him? Yeah, I don't know about that. I I think, listen, I would just tell you that generally those coaches, they, they may get a little emotional here and there, but generally they don't care a whole lot about the whole Internet fodder stuff. They really don't in the long run. And coaches are very confident. I mean, they all are. Every coach is there because they are very confident. He's confident he's going to get it done the way he wants to. All right. That wraps up hour one, and I promise you this. All those texts, I'm getting to them first thing as we start hour two. So, please, stick around in the Farm Bureau studio.
0: You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.